welcome to the Sterling Foursquare Church Podcast. Our mission is to offer hope for the broken, lives that are thriving, the equipping of believers, and the launching of leaders. More info can be found at sterlingfoursquare.com. Thank you for joining us today. Suzanne is going to be continuing our sermon series this morning. Uh, this is my story, and she's going to be sharing a little bit about her story, but I wanted to share a little bit about her first. Uh, some of you already know Suzanne because you've been rolling with us in a few different uh, areas, but she is the director of our Healing to Freedom ministry, which is if you're feeling stuck and you're looking to kind of walk into the liberty that God has for you, you should talk to her and her team and they can help walk you through prayerfully walking yeah. into some freedom there. She's also um, somebody who oversees our prayer station ministry team. So every week as you're being directed back there, uh, she not only partners with them, but she gets to be a part of uh, investing in them and developing them as well. She teaches in our equipping classes, and so if you've taken either hearing from God or how to, uh, moving life's mountains, then you've had her as a teacher already. So those are some things that she's done here, but she's also, she's a very trusted voice in my own life, and she's become a very dear friend. Mm -hmm. And we are so excited to hear a little bit of your story and how God's going to use that to help us in ours. So let's go ahead and welcome Amen. Suzanne. Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Wow, all I can say is what a journey this was. <laughs> I have so enjoyed the stories that we've heard from other people. Have not they been fabulous? I mean, I've been encouraged, I've been motivated, I've been challenged, and yet some of them struck me very emotional at times, that, and it meant something to me. So when I sat down and asked the Lord, so Lord, what is my story? Like, where does it start? And he said, this is the thought that came to my mind, and I know it was the Lord. The scripture that came to my mind was, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So as he's telling me to seek the kingdom of God, I knew that I needed to tell my story, and I wanted to tell my story. He knew my heart. I wanted to tell you my story but not through my eyes of pain and fear and brokenness to, to bring you into that same pit. <laughs> he wanted me to tell my story through his perspective. Suzanne, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Let me show you who you are, and let me show you who I am from my perspective. And then will you allow what I show you Will you receive what I show you in my word and let that be the trajectory of your life? So like God, he, you never, God always does wonderful things for us. And so when I started this, the first thing he brought to my mind was about a couple years ago, I had an encounter in my backyard. Not like Jonah and the whale, you know, that was a different encounter. But this one was with a butterfly. So you're going to hear today the story of Suzanne and the butterfly. May not as potent as Jonah, but this will do. So we live outside of town. We have about three acres. And my husband and I were standing outside doing our daily thing. What are you going to do? What am I going to do? You're responsible for this. And then we part our ways. But in the midst of our discussion, this butterfly lands on my shoe. And then it starts to go up my pants. And we're oohing and on. Well, actually, 
It landed on my husband's hand first. You're right, my husband's hand. And we were oohing and aahing, but then it didn't leave. It came back and relanded on my foot and proceeded to go up my pant leg. Now, there's, there's a reason for this. And I'm looking at this going, oh, my gosh. Like, this is awesome. I wish everybody could see this. I wish everybody could have an encounter like this because you know what? It would change their perspective, wouldn't it, of what butterflies are like? Yeah. This is an out of the box. Well, he continues to go up, and now he's at my pant right here at the waist. And I'm taking pictures going, oh, where is everybody? Like, where's my husband? You need to see this. Look at this. Look at this encounter I'm having. It's like wonderful. And I'm, th but he doesn't stop. He keeps going. Now he's at my shirt. Now I want you to know that this didn't happen in five minutes. This is probably 25 minutes at this point. You know, I'm thinking, okay, this is enough. Really? I need, I've got this to do, this to do. This. You are intruding on my time right here. So as he goes up, let me show you where he ends up. Seriously, on top of my head. And I'm going, this is just strange. So this little butterfly started at the foot of my leg and ventured up to the top. And I said, Lord, what are you trying to tell me here? And this is what he said. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So in the natural, he was revealing to me something that he was about ready to teach me through his word, through a wonderful story that we're going to get into in just a minute. But when, when the butterfly got here, I thought, why would he be there? Like, why would he go to that place? He persevered to get to the top. This was the 35, 40-minute travel. And then why didn't he leave? I mean, I worked in the yard. So all of this is going to come to fruition now. God is going to show me all of this that he showed me in the natural in his word. Because that's what God does. Isn't that awesome? But I'm going to have to give you a little bit a little bit of background of where I come from, where I fit in this story. Because what the Lord said, when I said to him, Lord, I want to see this through your eyes, he said, are you willing then to allow me to tell your story from my perspective through the word? So as I'm going through this, I am, I'm learning about my story in a whole different way than what I thought I would share. Because I was allowing him, I was submitting to him to bring me his story of who I really was. When I was a teenager in high school, I had two suddenlies happen to me. Pastor Ben talked about this last week. And both suddenlies um, just, it moved me. I was a beginning believer in Christ. You know, maybe you were in that same position just now. Maybe you haven't received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you did, and you have no idea what to do with it. Or maybe you've walked with him for a long time. You've been a believer. Lord God, I want to see your perspective on this. So this is my salvation journey from a born-again believer to trudging through life, persevering through life, just like that butterfly did, to eventually now that I have learned to seek God first in all things. Isn't that awesome? Okay, so two events. Um, it's, my la it's my junior year, coming to the junior year of, of high school. My sister is down. She leaves. They're headed home, and we don't know what happened, but her vehicle rolled, and she was in a car accident. 
We got the phone call. My mom came into the room and she said, we're, running, we're going to the hospital. Your sister's been in a car accident and left. I didn't know what to do. I wasn't a Christian at that time. I knew in my heart that there was something more, but I just didn't know how to get it. All right? So I cried out to God, because that's what people do. I did watch that through my Sunday school years. You cry out to God when you need help. So I did. I said, God, you have to help her. You can't let her die. She can't die. She did. My sister passed away that night, and I thought to myself, wow, hmm. I don't want what happened to my sister to happen to me. I think I better get to know this God. Now, why would I say that? Because of my background, because of the way I grew up. And let me just share a little bit about that part of my story. I grew up in a loving home. I knew I was loved. There wasn't a time that I never felt unloved. We just never said it. There was never any affirmation of, oh, I love you. You do such a great job. Thank you for dusting. Thank you for doing all those things. So in my childlike faith, in my childlike seeking of acceptance from my parents, and I knew they loved me, that was the thing. It's just that it was never shown. And I wanted them to show me, right? So you know what I did? This is my thought. I'm going to work harder. I am going to do those jobs so good that when they look at how well I have dusted, how well I have cleaned that toilet, they're going to go, wow, look at you. But I never got it. So I continued to think in my mind that if I wanted my parents to say or show that they loved me, I needed to work just a little bit harder because obviously it wasn't enough. I wasn't doing it right, and I better learn how to do it. Have any of you ever felt that way? Yeah, I see a lot of head nods. Well, three months later, I'm in an accident. Um, it was a bus accident. Long story short, we were going at a very high rate of speed. I grabbed the seat in front of me, hoping that it would stabilize me, that I wouldn't go forward but they were collapsible seats. So I was headed right into the pile of them in the middle of the bus. And I remember <laughs> flying through the air, waiting for impact for this head-on collision with my head in those seats. I remember saying this, God, you can't let me die. My sister died three months ago. What are my parents gonna do? Now, I didn't say this out loud. I said it in my head, a lot like what you guys do when you've had an encounter with somebody. Well, I'm going to tell him a thing or two, you know, the next time I see him. And that's just what I did. The next time I cried out to God, I'm going to tell him. Well, I didn't die, right? I'm here. But that did something inside of me. It did something to my belief system. It did something with the how I was raised. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I pray one time, and God doesn't give me what I asked for. I pray another time, and he gives me what I ask for. I must be missing something. 
I think I need to get to know this God a little bit better because obviously I don't know all of the protocol that I need to learn to be the Christian that he wants me to be so he will answer my prayers. Have you ever been there in that place? Yeah, I know it. Well, because I was motivated for the wrong, I was motivated to find out what I needed to do. I thought, let's go to the church. So I had gone to Sunday school, you guys, throughout my years, sporadically. We were not church-going people, but we loved each other. We loved people. We were good. We were a good family. I knew I was loved. I just didn't hear it. Kind of like I know God loves me, but I don't hear it. I I'm confused, God, when you show me that you love me. I, I'm not understanding because one time it's this and one time it's this. So what do I do? Well, I went to church and I asked my Sunday school teacher. I said, okay, obviously I'm not doing something right. I need to check this off of my list here. I need to be saved. So, I, so we went through the process of being saved and uh, you know, receiving Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Yeah. You don't do all this. And I said, so, now I'm not a sinner, right? Because I received Jesus Christ in my heart. He died on the cross for me. I was he was raised up. I was raised up with him. And he looks at me and he said, Suzanne, you'll always be a sinner. Did that take your breath away like it did me that day? It's kind of like that same feeling I, I felt when I heard my sister passed away. <gasps> I felt defeated and hopeless. So in my journey of growing into my young adult years, I had a very tainted view of who Jesus was and God, and I had a very tainted view of who I was. Because as far as I knew, it didn't matter, it didn't matter how much I tried it didn't matter how much I cleaned up my life. It didn't matter how much I got rid of all of that stuff that people say is wrong. I was still going to be a sinner. Hmm. Well, you know what? I'm just going to try a little bit harder. And that didn't work either. And at that point in my life, I realized, and God showed me through this scripture, what he was showing me with this butterfly, Suzanne, you need to seek the kingdom first. Well, I did in my small way by receiving him into my heart. But did you know that after you receive Jesus into your heart, you're going to have to walk out your salvation? I'm going to have to learn now to walk in the world as a Christian, as a believer. Well, I knew I didn't have it all right. <laughs> so I thought, wow. Well, you know what? God is really good. He showed me with the butterfly. He showed me something in the natural, in nature, that he's getting ready to reveal his truth about who I was and about who he was through his word. Isn't that amazing? And you'll never guess where he took me. One of the least stories that you would even think about. Oh, this isn't Paul, those great stories that Paul wrote. No, 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 no. It's probably one of those stories that you would have read. And went, oh, yeah, that's a good story. It doesn't apply to me. <laughs> Are you familiar with the story of Zacchaeus? 
in Luke 19, that's where he landed me. So I would like you right now to join me in reading through the word of God as he reveals my story through his word. And I just pray, Lord God, right now that as we pick up this word and we read your word, that it is the living word of God, that your word can transform, your word can take us from lost, alone, oppressed, depressed, into a life that is full of your glory, full of your plan and purpose for me and for you. So, Lord God, I would ask that right now, you take every person sitting in this room and every person watching online and you open up our eyes and our heart to see from your perspective my story, our story, through your eyes. Amen. All righty. So let's take a look at the story. I want to give you just a little bit of background on Zacchaeus because this was the part that really hit me. This was, this was me. I'm going, oh, I'm not a tax collector, God. I'm not this person that everybody knows, and I'm not. I'm just this little bitty me. But Zacchaeus was a tax collector. He was known by a lot of people. And this is what he did. His name actually means pure one. Isn't that awesome? In the eyes of the Jews, he was the worst of the worst. His job even defined him as being the worst. The Jews hated him because he because he had to collect taxes. And every time he collected taxes on those people, it reminded him, them, of how evil he was. Because he was working for the Roman government and he was Jewish to boot. Right? So you know what they labeled him as? You will always be a sinner. Oh my God, that's like me. This guy knows how I feel. He knows that I was labeled, and yet I think in his heart he really wanted to be good. And we're going to see that as we read his story. So are you ready? Luke 19, 1 through 10. We enter the story in the midst of a great event. Jesus is coming through. He's traveling to Jerusalem where he's going to have his last supper. Isn't that awesome? So the crowd is gathering out. They're gathering around. And Zacchaeus, too, wants to see Jesus. Now, picture Jesus coming into this, this city. People are gathering. Who would be in this crowd to see this man, right? So I want you to think. I want you to close your eyes. You can keep them open. If you were to be in the crowd wanting to come to see Jesus, which one of these would you be? Would you be the curious? They're the ones that come to check things out. They see if Jesus is all the people says he is. They may not say much, but they're watching. And they're listening to see if what they're hearing is going to taste good and if they want to commit to it. The other group are the seekers. They have a deep feeling that there's got to be something more. They've been born again. They've walked just like me. I was born again. I walked throughout my life as a believer. But I knew there was more. These people want more. They're ready to say, okay, God, I'm going to take a risk. 
And I'm going to allow you to show me your perspective of who I am instead of this old identity that I have been labeled with. Man, I think I fit into both of them throughout my life. In the beginning, I was very curious. I wanted more, but, but I didn't know what more meant. So I started seeking different ways to get the more, right? We've done that. Well, and then as I received Jesus and I began to walk out my salvation, I became a seeker. And I sought because I want God. I want to know more of you because obviously I don't know you. And I really don't know how to walk through life as a believer. So I need more of you. That's where I am today. But you know what? I also know that my past, he was in my past. He was in my, he's in my present and because God's word is the living word of God, I know that if I continue to seek him first, seek you first the kingdom of God, he will be with me every day of my life in the future as well. Wow, that's huge. So have you got who you are in the crowd? Luke 19, 1 through 3. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, who was the chief tax collector, and he was rich. So already, Luke is letting us know that he, w- he was very hated by the Jews and by the other people. But yet, because he was rich and wealthy, and he worked for the Roman government, he, was, he had a name, because he was Zacchaeus, the tax collector. Right? He didn't... And I'm Zacchaeus, the sinner over here. That kind of does something for you, doesn't it? Like his works began to define him. Mm -hmm. So he got his value from what he did. Have you ever done that? I did. Growing up, I got my value from what I did. And the more I did and the better I did it, the more value I had. So then I felt like I had a right to receive love from my parents, just like I felt then that I had a right to receive love from God. As we go on, it says, And now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich, and he sought to see Jesus. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. He took a step of faith to seek Jesus, knowing full well that when he got into the crowd to see Jesus, he was going to be mocked, he was going to be jeered, he was going to be made fun of. Who do you think you are, you sinner? You don't belong here. Go back to where you came from. Have you ever felt that way? Mm-hmm. So Zacchaeus had to put up with a lot of ridicule, not only with that, but he was also small in stature. So he got a lot of name-calling. But in Luke 19.4, it says, So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, that's to see Jesus, for he was going to pass that way. He persevered to attain a greater perspective of Jesus. Oh my gosh, that's me. That's you. 
As a believer, I bet you didn't stay just like over here. You wanted to pursue and grow. But you had to persevere and be determined to take one step at a time and allow Jesus to give you your perspective of who you are and where you're going and not rely on your own works to get you to your destination. All right. From a position then in the sycamore tree, <clears throat> think about this. When he went to get a higher perspective of Jesus, he was away from the crowds, he was away from the jeering and the mocking, and when he got to a place, because he persevered, and I'm sure it wasn't easy climbing up that tree, he could see Jesus clearly. And then if we read on, and when Jesus came to that place, he looked up and saw him. <gasps> And he said, Zacchaeus. Oh my God, I didn't expect this. I just wanted to come see what you look like. But you talk to me? Like, whoa. Right? He heard his name being called. This was Zacchaeus the sinner. And Jesus recognized him. Called him by name. Because you know what I think happened in that instant with Zacchaeus? His name really means pure one. I think in that instant, he knew, wait a minute. I have value. This man recognized me. I have value. I have worth. He called me. He called me to him. <gasps> is, is that true? Could it possibly be that I am not a sinner anymore? That my real name is Achaeus, meaning pure one? That could possibly be who I am? Yeah. Well, you know what? He had a decision there. Do I go, oh God, I don't know about this. But watch what Jesus asks him to do. Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I have to stay at your house. As a new believer coming to Christ, this is your day. This is your day. Jesus came seeking you today, and he knows your name. And he's saying, you know what? You aren't a sinner anymore. In your eyes, who you think you are, Hmm, I've got something way better. Are you willing to come to a higher perspective and see your life from a different vantage point? Suzanne, were you willing to come to a higher perspective and see your life from a different vantage point and allow me to write your story? Well, that takes faith. Zacchaeus showed it. Come down today for I must stay at your house. This was a suddenly for Zacchaeus. He didn't go, oh, now this is what I would have done in the past as I was walking through, but not today. I would have went, oh, wait a minute. Jesus, what, you want to come to my house? Um, you want to come and live in my heart? I don't think so because you know what? I've walked this dirty path to get to you, and I'm pretty dirty. I'm pretty stinky, pretty smelly. I need to change my clothes so I look presentable to you. I need to get my hair combed. Probably take a bath. Wouldn't hurt. Don't we do that in our walk with Jesus? After we're a believer, we go, oh my gosh, can I really approach Jesus? Will you really talk to me? Or do I have to get cleaned up first? Do I have to get rid of all that old baggage, the addictions, the depression, the oppression, the feeling of worth? Do I have to get rid of all of that first before you see me clean? Absolutely not. Zacchaeus was not only a sinner, but he was probably dirty, walked along that path. Thank you, God. 
on my walk, that was just like, yes, that's me. That's me. I have persevered to follow you, Lord God. And it hasn't been easy. The jeering and the sneering and the mocking, we all do it. Well, who do you think you are, Miss Goody Two-Shoes, just because you read the Bible? Ooh, are you one of those Jesus freaks? You know, those are the things that we put up with that we have to go, no, I'm not. This is who I am. Because you see your life in a different perspective. I hope this is blessing you guys. Are you, are you okay? <laughs> okay. So verses 8 through 10. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, 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 I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. You know, we, we don't really think about that. But you know what? When you think about that, <clears throat> when I've read this in the past, I thought, well, yeah. Jesus told him he needed to restore all he did. Because look at all the wrong that you did. Just as a reminder, you know, you did steal, so you probably should restore. And then if you really want to be in good cahoots with, da- with your daddy, Father God, you better get back four, you know, fourfold, sevenfold. Jesus did not say that. He didn't. Zacchaeus made that decision on his own because he had a heart change. He encountered Jesus. And when you encounter Jesus and you welcome him into your presence and into your life, he makes a change. He changes your heart from the inside out. I don't have to look good, do good, and be good for him to love me. All you and I have to have is this, a heart to seek him, to seek the more, to seek, God, I want to see things from your perspective. And I repent, just like Zacchaeus repented. This was a repent of heart that did this. The love of God drew him to repentance. And when that changed, it wasn't like I have to pay you back because I have to. I want to give because I've been given. God is a giver, and he wants us to be that giver. What we receive, which is Jesus Christ of our Lord and Savior, he wants us to give that to others. So we really do have um, a job to share that with others through your story, your perspective of your life through God's now let's read verse 9. This is, and Jesus said to him, Today, 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 salvation has come to this house. And then he says, You know why? You know why salvation has come to this house? To each one of you individually and to me and the people around me. Because when we come to Jesus, people can't help but go, You look different. Are you the person? Are you Zacchaeus? Are you, are you really like the sinner because you don't look like it anymore? No, I'm not. That's the old me. Let me show you the new me. Right? So the Son of Man has come to seek. If you ever forget, if you ever feel like you are lost and alone and you are not worthy and valuable, that is a lie. Because right here, for the Son of Man came 
to seek you, to seek you, to save that which is lost. That's all of us, your family, your friends, your relatives. Not only did he come to save you, but he came to save them. That's hope. You have family members that are far from the Lord. There's hope. Jesus came, but the only way that they can see Jesus is when you share that with them. But let me tell you what I struggled with. I would lapse back to, oh, I'm a sinner. Uh-oh, I messed up too bad. This isn't going to work. Well, let me remind you, if you've ever had that feeling, let me remind you, as God reminded me in his word, he says, if you confess with your mouth that Lord Jesus that Jesus is your Lord, and you believe in your heart, you will be saved. Saved. Doesn't that bring tears to your eyes? Oh, my God. Zacchaeus believed in his heart, and he could say joyfully with his mouth, yes, he received him joyfully, just like you do when you come. When we take communion, you're reminded of that day that Jesus Christ came into your life. Every day you do that to say, Jesus, I believe you. So, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness. You know the Lord's Prayer? He leads us in the paths of righteousness for him. His namesake. I'm not getting to heaven on my righteousness, nor was Zacchaeus. My works aren't going to get me there. Zacchaeus' works didn't get him there either. What got him into a right relationship with Jesus was receiving him into his heart and then allowing that to manifest, receiving it, believing it, and walking it out. So if you still think that you're a sinner, I've got good news for you. Watch. 2 Corinthians 5.17, let's just let the word of God speak to us. Take this into your heart. 2 Corinthians 5.17, therefore, if any man be in Christ, that would be you, you are a new creature. Thank you, Chris. All things have passed away. All things have become new. My old nature, your old nature, does not define who you are or it does not define your future. So get that out of your head right there. Your life can change when you seek Jesus. Now, what about your sins? Watch this. Psalms 103.7. I love this. I had to remind myself of these a lot. <sighs> he forgives our sin as far as the east is from the west. Do you know what that means? I didn't know this and I looked it up. Maybe you know it. There's a difference between north and south and east and west. You can travel east in one direction and west is the other. However, when you travel north to the geographical north pole, before you can take another step, you're already going south. So that meant God wouldn't have forgiven our sins. He would remind us, oh, remember? Remember that sin? Yep. You live a good life until you get to the next turn. Well, east and west, number line. And not only that, when he forgives that, watch what he does. Isaiah, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions, erases them. You know why? For his, for his own glory. Why? Watch. He remembers them 
no more. I bet if your heads are going tilt, tilt, I encourage you, read Isaiah 43, 25. That means if he doesn't remember my sin, he doesn't remember your sin, who's remembering it? We are. We are. Because we are still viewing our lives and who we are through our old man, not that born-again man. Now, Romans 8, 1, let's carry it into the New Testament because I know some of you are going, oh, that's just all in the Old Testament. Well, let's go to the New Testament. Romans 8, 1. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, what? There is no condemnation. <gasps> really? Seriously? Honest? I, yes. For those who are in Christ Jesus. All right, we're going to just do one more thing for this. I know, you, and you know, that when we receive Jesus Christ, we have to go back into the world and live. Zacchaeus had to come down from that tree, go back to his job, surrounded by the mocking, surrounded by all that stuff that makes us worried and fearful and anxious and like, oh my God, things like where finance is going to be. What if I go back and she doesn't like me or he doesn't like me? So let me give you five steps that I want you to think about. Now, they're not up on the, the boards. So you're going to have to write them down, or you can listen to this later and write them down. The first thing God says to do is to cast your cares on him because he cares for you. What does that mean to cast your cares? This is what I used to think it meant. I'm going to go to God. Here's my cares. Here's my list of things. I give this to you, and I go back over here, and I'm a hoping and a praying that he takes care of it. That's my life. I lived that in the, when I was growing up and maturing as a Christian. That's how I prayed because that's all I knew. But when God said, seek ye first the kingdom of God, there was a flip, a switch went on. Wait a minute, there's something with this scripture here. So the next thing we need to do is when we cast our cares on God, what we're saying is, I submit to you, Lord God, the worry, the fret, the anxiety that I have, been be, I have been carrying over maybe broken relationships, lack of finances. I mean, fill in the blank. Healing. Prayed for healing and it hasn't happened yet. Why, God, why? I've done that. Why, God, why? I've done this, 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 and this. Why, God, why? Once you can submit to God your cares... Just like Zacchaeus, he stayed in that tree until he heard his voice. He heard Jesus. We too need to get to that point where it is, be still. Be still now. Know that I am God. Press into me. Seek my perspective. And if you wait there long enough, he will give you an answer. So let me just tell you, there was a... Someone went with finances. I don't have finances, Lord God. I don't know where the next paycheck is going to be, but I need some money. So you know what you do? You go to God and you say, Lord God, I am really worried right now. I am worried that I'm not going to get the bills paid. I'm not going to be able to buy the food. And on top of that, Lord God, you know what? I'm not sure you're going to come through. I'm not sure what to do. And you leave it there until you hear his voice. I don't want this. I hand it to you. What truth, Lord God, do you have for me in your word? What truth? He might bring a word to you, and this actually happened to an individual. They got the word rejoice. 
what does rejoice have to do with finances? Oh, let me show you. First, you have to take that word and believe it came from God. It wasn't just you that thought that. He wants to bring joy to your life because he's saying, rejoice. Because I got this. Rejoice. But in that part right there, when you receive it, that means you're going to have to take upon yourself the responsibility to pursue what that means for you in your life. And I guarantee you, when you pick up that book, the Bible, and you start to read, it's going to lift off the pages. Like, scriptures are going to lift off. Read about what rejoice means. But here's the disconnect. It was a disconnect for me, and it might be the disconnect for you. I received what he said. Oh, that's really good news. You know what, guys? Guess what? God spoke to me. You know what word he gave me? He gave me rejoice. Isn't that really cool? Wow. Awesome. And I'd, you go back to what you're doing. Because I didn't spend time with him. I didn't take the precious gift, the precious answer that he gave me and open it up to find out what it really was what it really meant, how I could really take that joy and rejoicing and apply it to my life. Because you know what? Sometimes I don't feel like I'm worthy enough to receive that gift. God, I can't take this from you. That can't be true. That's got to be for somebody else. And you put it on a shelf. And you walk away. I've done that. And it's not a good place to be. What we need to do is take the word of God that he gave you and you, that is now what you believe is true is going to happen in your life. And your prayer now becomes, oh God, oh God, what are you going to do to, oh, thank you, God. Thank you. You are going to bring joy to this situation. I may not be able to see it right now, but I trust you. I trust you. Now, let me show you a character in the Bible that kind of puts us all together for this where you may be. Her name is Mary. You know her. She's the mother, mother of Jesus. So in Luke 1, real quick, and then we'll close with this. Jesus is going to be, or Mary's going to be visited by an angel telling her who's coming. Emmanuel, God with us. That right there is an answer to prayer. <laughs> anyway. So Luke 1, and I'm reading 30, Luke 1, 30. Watch what the angel said to Mary. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Don't be afraid, Ben, Joe, Harry, whatever you're going to, put your name in there. Don't be afraid, Suzanne, because you have found favor with me. You come up on my lap anytime you want. You cast your cares on me, and I guarantee I will take them from you, and I'm going to give you something better. You know why? Not because of anything I did, not because of anything you did, but because you're highly favored by God. The next thing, this is huge. If you're starting to doubt about this time that you're highly favored, watch this. Watch what's said to Mary which God is no respecter of persons, so he's saying this to you too. For with God, nothing will be impossible. 
You take that word he gave you, you speak it into your life, you declare this is what I believe and you stand on it because you know what? With God, nothing is impossible. That mountain is going to come down. That mountain of fear, that mountain of depression, those addictions that have plagued your life, they're all coming down. They're all coming down. And then watch. Mary took the word and she said, and this is what I want you guys to do. When you're with your God, you take that word, what he said to you, rejoice, and you say, let it be according to me. Let it be to me according to your word, Lord God. That word I heard, and then that word that I searched out to find out what joy really was, I'm going to take what you said, I'm going to put it with your word, and you know what? Let it be according to me. You want healing? Let it be according to me, Lord God, your desire. And you know why it's important to believe? Because Mary thought it was important to believe. Watch what Mary says. And watch what happens when we believe. Blessed. Blessed. Blessed is she who believes. Blessed is he who believes. Blessed are you that believe that your God Almighty is ready to take you to a higher perspective of himself. Seek Because seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Isn't that an amazing story in Zacchaeus? And yet that's my story, and it might be your story as well. The story didn't end because we don't know where Zacchaeus went, but you have the ability right now, you have the opportunity right now to pick up your pen Insert your story into Zacchaeus's. Where did you fit in that crowd? Were you curious? Were you a seeker? Because that story speaks to all of us. Amen. Well, thank you for letting me share my story. I'm going to invite Ben and the worship team up to close us out with some amazing prayer. And Yes. All right, we guys uh, give Suzanne a hand. Go ahead and stand to your feet. I'm going to ask you to go ahead and stand up. I'm going to pray for us as we go. I'm going to ask you, as you stand, close your eyes for just a moment. And I want to ask you this. What care do you have that you need to take to the Lord right now? It's probably immediately on your heart and on your mind. Offer that to him. Lord, we give you our cares. Yep. And we ask, Lord, that you would speak to each one of us through your word this week, by your spirit this week, that we would listen, that we would receive that word, and that we would take a step of faith to follow you into the fruition of that in our lives. Lord, we thank you that we exchange our fear and anxiety for your love, that it is driven out by your love. Lord, help us to walk in that in a very practical way this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Action steps for you will be up here. You can snap a picture of that, but it revolves around reading Psalm 103. If you do that this week, trust me, you'll be blessed. Receive what the Lord would speak to you through his word and then put it into practice. Take a step of faith. God bless you. You guys have an awesome day. Have an awesome week. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you next Sunday. <laughs>